welcome to another quite short episode of the Grace and Joy podcast, which is all about poetry and specifically poetry that's mentioned in the wonderful autobiography by Janet Frame, An Angel at My Table, which is just glorious. It's just astounding writing. I'm still reading it. It's um, uh, a really good hefty read, (laughs) but beautiful, such poetic prose. And she also mentions lots of poetry that she loved as a child in the first book. It's a compilation of three books. It's To the Island, and volume two is An Angel at My Table, and volume three is The Envoy from Mirror City. And the first part takes us up to Janet, or Jean as she's known in the first part, her being a student and she speaks a lot about the games that she played with her sisters and her brother um, and the poetry she remembers from that time and it's been really wonderful reading this poetry and she mentions Walter de la Mer, John Keats, Walt Whitman, also lots of prayers and hymns that she sang that were beautiful actually to to read about. There was one which I hadn't thought of for, gosh, about 40 years, I think. And that's Little Jesus, Sweetly Sleep, Do Not Stir, We Will Lend a Coat of Fur. And the animals speaking to the baby Jesus. And I remember singing that. (laughs) I won't sing it here, but as I was reading those words, the song came back to me, which I will sing it. So it's, little Jesus, sweetly sleep, do not stir, we will end a coat of we will rock you, rock you, rock you, we will rock you, rock you, rock you. Keep this fur to keep you warm, snugly round your tiny form. And that's the first time in about 40 years I've thought of that. And there are probably a couple of words there that aren't correct, because uh, Janet Frame only mentions the first two lines, but I found as I was reading it, I carried on singing and... I hadn't realised, of course, that it's the animals, well, I imagine it's the animals around the manger when he was born, singing to him. So that was that's really lovely. And quite often when I read poetry, my cats are around me, <laughs> purring away and keeping me warm, lending their coats of fur. So one of the reasons as well was that it's been quite a difficult couple of weeks. And one of the things I have done ever since I've been very little is is loved reading poetry, but also hearing it. And there's such a comfort for me in hearing poets reciting their own poetry, or even others reciting poetry, but especially poets reading their own poetry. And I remember buying cassettes of Ted Hughes reading his poetry and also I had cassettes of volumes of British verse and what else did I have? I had somebody reading Emily Dickinson's verse 
And, and then later on, I had CDs of really crackly recordings of T.S. Eliot and W.H. Auden and lots of other poets reading their work. And there's something very lulling to me about that because I'm not following a story. It's not like a, a spoken word book that you're, or audio book that you're reading. There's something in that you don't have to follow the meaning of it. And sometimes the words lull you or you can feel cradled or held by, by these, by the voice and the words that fall where they will. And I've always been comforted by listening to poetry. So it's one of the first things I do when I feel that I'd like some comfort. I'll read aloud to myself or the cats <laughs> or somebody else. I used to read aloud to Jake. We lots of beautiful nursery rhymes and lots of other poems. Um, Michael Rosen was a favourite. And also I'll listen to poetry online now with YouTube and, and lots. But I also have recordings as well that I listen to of poets reading their own poetry. And it's just a beautiful comfort to me with the warmth and the coat of fur. So there are a couple here that I'm reading that were mentioned briefly or with a passage or a stanza by Janet Frame in her autobiography. This one by Walt Whitman. Out of the cradle endlessly rocking out of the cradle endlessly rocking, out of the mockingbird's throat, the musical shuttle, out of the ninth month midnight, over the sterile sands and the fields beyond, where the child, leaving his bed, wandered alone, bareheaded, barefoot, down from the showered halo, up from the mystic play of shadows, twining and twisting as if they were alive, out from the patches of briars and blackberries, from the memories of the bird that chanted to me. From your memories, sad brother, from the fitful risings and fallings I heard. From under that yellow half-moon, late risen and swollen as if with tears. From those beginning notes of sickness and love, there in the transparent mist, from the thousand responses of my heart, never to cease, from the myriad thence aroused words, from the words stronger and more delicious than any, from such as now they start, the scene revisiting, as a flock twittering, rising, or overhead passing, born hither ere all eludes me hurriedly, a man, yet by these tears a little boy again throwing myself on the sand, confronting the waves, I, chanter of pains and joys, uniter of here and hereafter, taking all hints to use them, but swiftly leaping beyond them, a reminiscent sing. Once, Pormenoc, when the snows had melted, when the lilac scent was in the air, and the fifth month grass was growing, up this seashore, in some briars, two guests from Alabama, two together, and their nest, and four light green eggs spotted with brown, and every day the he-bird 
to and fro near at hand, and every day the she-bird crouched on her nest silent with bright eyes, and every day I, a curious boy, never too close, never disturbing them, cautiously peering, absorbing, translating. Shine, 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 pour down your warmth, great sun, while we bask, we two together, two together, winds blow south or winds blow north, day come white or night come black, home or rivers and mountains from home, singing all time, minding no time, while we two keep together. This is Meg Merrilies by John Keats, and you can probably hear Charlie, my cat, purring in the background. He loves poetry. Old Meg, she was a gypsy and lived upon the moors. Her bed, it was the brown heath turf, and her house was out of doors. Her apples were swart blackberries, her currants, pods a broom. Her wine was dew of the wild white rose, her book a churchyard tomb. Her brothers were the craggy hills, her sisters larch and trees. Alone with her great family, she lived as she did please. No breakfast had she many a morn, no dinner many a noon, and instead of supper she would stare full hard against the moon. But every morn of woodbine fresh she made her garlanding, and every night the dark glen yew she wove, and she would sing, and with her fingers old and brown she plaited mats the rushes, and gave them to the cottagers she met among the bushes. Old Meg was brave as Margaret Queen, and tall as Amazon. An old red blanket cloak she wore, a chip hat had she on. God rest her aged bones somewhere. She died full long agone. There's a Charlie. There's a lovely Charlie. Charlie purring away in the background. This one is by Alfred Noyes and it's the old grey squirrel. And we have lots of those in the garden and some young ones, of course, as well. But obviously it's a metaphor as well. <laughs> A great while ago, there was a schoolboy who lived in a cottage by the sea, and the very first thing he could remember was the rigging of the schooners by the quay. He could watch them from his bedroom window, with the big cranes a-hauling out the freight, and he used to dream of shipping as a sea-cook and a-sailing for the Golden Gate. He used to buy the yellow penny dreadfuls He'd read them where he fished for conger eels, as he listened to the slapping of the water, the green and oily water round the keels. There were trawlers with their shark-mouthed flatfish, and the nets are hanging out to dry. And the skate the skipper kept because he liked them, and the landsmen never knew which ones to fry. There were brigantines with timber out of Norway, just oozing with the syrups of the pine. There were rusty, dusty freighters out of Sunderland and clippers of the Blue Cross line. 
To tumble down the hatch into a cabin was better than the best of broken rules, for the smell of them was like a Christmas dinner, and the feel of them was like a box of tools. And before he went to sleep in the evenings, the last thing that he would ever see was the sailor men a dancing in the moonlight by the capstan that stood beside the quay. Now he's sitting on a high stool in London. The Golden Gate is far away, for they caught him like a squirrel and they caged him. Now he's totting up accounts and turning grey, and he'll never get to San Francisco. And the last thing that he will ever see is the sailor men a dancing in the moonlight by the capstan that stands beside the quay, to the tune of the old concertina. By the capstan that stands beside the quay. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Grace and Joy podcast with poetry from Janet Frame's autobiography. An Angel at My Table, which I would highly, highly recommend. And um, the film is wonderful too, by Jane Campion. If you'd like to know more about other work that I do, please do have a look at my website, which is www.rowenascotney.com. And there's information on the site about the workshops that I run for intuitive painting and well-being, and also lots of other bits and pieces and there are also lots of other podcast episodes to listen to if you like this one (laughs) thanks a lot hope you have a lovely day bye